This show is brought to you by Practical Herbalist Press, herbal books for today's practical herbalist. Find their books on Amazon.com today. Welcome to Show 53 Herb Lab. Today we're going to talk about Show 52 Culinary Herbalism with Leader Hermits of Hunter Mile Bakery and how we've been cooking with herbs this week. Then we'll go on to answer a question from our listeners on focus and anxiety in Herbal 101. Later we'll talk about our Oregon Country Fair adventure and the herbal and ecological influences we saw there in Herbs in the News. Now, here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. So, Sue, I've been cooking up a storm. Yeah. How about you? I have mini storms in my kitchen. Awesome. They're hot and fresh. I know at least one of them is your lemon balm vinegar. Oh, yeah. You got that started. That's right. And I have some here for us to sample. Oh, I also I have this glass. Yes, I've got I've got a, a selection of samplings of things that Indeed. I've done. And some of them are local. Like I think your lemon balm was local. Yes. Oh, yeah. I don't know if the vinegar was 100% local or not. Mm, but good question. my whole thing on local vorism is that I'm partially local. I partial to local, but that doesn't mean I don't go beyond local. Okay. You know, I will. Well, I, I use sugar, for God's sake. Well, Lita yeah. was, she had her She's caveats awesome. too. Yeah. You know, salt yeah. and, and yeah. yeast and, you know, and chocolate and other things mm-hmm. that, that, you know, mm-hmm. she had to do it for the bakery. But generally speaking, she was as, as local as she could be. But right. she had her caveats as well. Oh, so yeah. you're okay, Candace. No, I totally, yeah. and I very much You've admire, by I admire her for that and the other families and people that do that. I mean, mm-hmm. I've known people that do that in their personal lives. That's what they do. And yeah. It's and just, it's awesome. yeah, it's but beyond it the scope of what. I can do. <laughs> it's beyond me. Right. So, but shall we try some vinegar? We'll start yes. off with a little sour. I do love vinegar. So, I will hand out some spoons. You hear the sound? There you go. Spoons. Clink, clink. And then I'm handing out a little uh, glass. glass, passing that around. Pass the glass. For what? What are we doing? This is. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, gotcha. This is the herbal vinegar. Oh, man. You try your herbal lemon balm vinegar. It's actually quite nice. The lemon balm is light and it makes it... (laughs) Nice face, Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) I think it inflated on itself. (laughs) I do taste the lemony part. I like it. You don't taste over the vinegar. Right, yeah. I like it. It makes the vinegar... Like, I could see that in a salad dressing. That'd be perfect. Oh, it's yeah. a nice, light, little, little lemony flavor. And all with it, I think. There's a certain bitter that I often find that follows lemon balm. You know, like if you if you just have a little bit of just plain lemon juice, there's no bitter aftertaste. But when you have a leaf of lemon balm, there's sort of a bitter complex that comes afterwards. And I don't taste that in the vinegar. You know, another thing I did with lemon balm, this was yesterday. This is here. Get ready for brilliance here, guys. All right. Here it comes. Here comes okay. brilliance. I had oh. an IPA that I had bought that was extremely hoppy, oh. like far yeah. more. And, and, and there are sometimes when I am ready for that, you know, on a very, very sure. hot day. It was not a very hot day. No. I just wanted a beer. So I, I, I took it out of the refrigerator. And I'm like, oh, gosh. And I didn't have, nor did I really feel like adding any lemon to it. And okay. that was not yeah. quite because it's like I don't. So really did you like put some lemon balm in there? I did. Nice. I crushed it. That probably fingers yeah. and stuck it in there, and it cut down. It, it kind of balanced the the super bitterness of That's that super nice. hoppy. It was like a Deschutes Valley squeezed hop thing. Massive IPA, and it balanced it out. But it nice. didn't overpower it like lemon. Yeah, does. lemon slice lemon of lemon is really lemon. yeah. 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 Nice. So, yeah, and I, I took pictures of it. Excellent. So put that up and what it looks like. It's actually looked really fancy. My lemon balm patch is coming back. I hacked it back a few weeks ago and I posted things on Facebook about, you know, you can do this. 
And then there was a little part of me that was like, well, I know I can do this with spearmint. I pray to God it works with lemon balm, too. I hope I didn't just kill my lemon balm. Mm -hmm. No, it's coming back. And this week I was planning to try your lemon balm fruit salad recipe with some of it because we've got some fresh fruits. Which, Which, by the way, coincidentally, happily leads me to some of our next treats to try out. Mm -hmm. So we have here some maraschino cherries. They're maraschino style. On this beautiful little square plate yeah so they these are these are local cherries okay but nothing else in there is very local (laughs) what are we so are we i put my fingers on that one there that's all right oh you're supposed to get that one i'm supposed to get the single cherry (laughs) i've eaten a lot of these cherries they're bad hey uh she put her fingers on that that's all right I'll survive. I did wash my hands. I, I might have, have some gardening, so. <laughs> so the the first ones we're trying are made with sour pie cherries. And I used a recipe that I found online but then modified it. Hmm. So I made essentially a simple syrup. And then I added the spices to the syrup after it was cooled and put the pink <laughs> cherries in. So it was really, I mean, it was really simple syrup. Right. And then put that in the canning jar. With your pitted cherries, some allspice, some cinnamon, a little bit of vanilla extract, and a little bit of cinnamon. almond. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. That's interesting. Because usually maraschino cherries. No, I like them. Those, well, those are not really maraschino cherries. Oh, what's the difference? Um, these are maraschino cherries. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, if you if you're talking about the ones you get at the at the bar supply or you get the at, yeah, at the grocery and they're, like and they're, they're awful red and, and it's what yeah. you would think about on the top of a Sunday. Sure, yeah, mm-hmm. they're done but chemically. They're not like, the same yeah. way that this, these not are done. Actually, processed this way. I got this idea from uh, one of my clients, uh, Waterfront Depot. They make their own Marchand cherries. The juice of this is good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a, actually there's up in Salem. There's a company that makes these that are dynamite. They're they're like nothing you've tasted before, and they're they add complexity to desserts and cocktails yeah. and stuff. And you actually want to have them. They're not that. Yeah, it's not just here's some sugary that taste. bright stuff. Yeah, that bright sugar. Artificially, right. you know. So like one of the cool things about the sour cherries that when we went to pick them, there was nobody in the field. There was nobody in the orchard. Why? Because Did you them all away? nobody. Picks the sour cherries apparently. Oh, <laughs> everyone was going through the Lamberts, you know, the, the, the thing, typical the red cherries, right? So mm-hmm. when we were out in the on it was July Fourth, when we were there, there was nobody in the orchard. So Candace and I just were we able picked. to pick, 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 pick. And that was nice. What we found is I actually liked them almost better than the Lamberts. So we have the we have the sweet cherries up next, and it's pretty much the same recipe. The sour cherries I did use a slightly more sugar than I did for the sweet mm-hmm. ones because the sweet ones are sweet. Right, right. So we can try those. Are you going to put these recipes on the internet on our website? I'm going to put a link to the recipe for the maraschino style cherries because, because I got it. Yeah, I got it from someone else, and I wish I could remember the name of the person, but I'll have I'll have it in the show okay, notes. Cool. Mm-hmm. And I've heard mm. some people seem to like the sour version ones better, and others I've had like fifty percent prefer the sour and fifty percent prefer the sweet right cherries. I like the sour one. So this is the same recipe what I'm trying in this little tiny dish. Yeah, but with the sweet what, cherry, different cherry. With it, the yeah, very, it tastes like a different recipe. Yep. It does me. taste really different, and there's a significant difference in the way the sour cherries versus the sweet cherries the flavor. Of the cherries themselves is yeah. significantly oh, different. Yeah, I personally like the sour cherries better. Yeah, I, I've been surprised. <laughs> I, I mean, I like the sweet ones better, <laughs> gotta admit, but, you know. That's why we're a balanced team. There and what did you like? You sour. just like, oh, you like sour. Yeah. Okay. And I think I the boy liked, that. I think the boy liked um, the sweet ones. We had a friend, country fair friend, stop by. He preferred the sour ones. Uh-huh. I bet my husband would like the sweet ones. Probably. He it's likes terrible sweets. sweet tooth. Like sweet things. So my my he last cherry major food. cherry thing, I got to get one more cherry thing in here. You know, loosen you guys up. 
I have cherry infused sake. <laughs> you have a, a cherry infused thing. I have a cherry infused sake. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. And my husband Patrick does not like sake. Okay. It's one of the very few liquors I can. Your liquors, wines, alcoholic beverages, I can actually keep around. Okay, because he won't drink it. Oh. Another interesting note is this is local sake, and it really? is local. Yes, it's a Who local makes, sake. Forest Grove. Forest it's, Grove. That's the, the name of the, the name of the company, the company is, is Sake One. Sake one. And it's Momokawa brand sake. This version I used was the Ruby one, which is one of their more popular mm-hmm. versions. This is good. And, right? Isn't it good? Yeah. I mean, it's probably some kind of sin to have put something in my sake, but... Tell it to I the priest. It, this is good. I thought, yeah, this I is thought good. it works out really... Or, or the Buddha. Or the, the, yeah, the Buddhist priest. I think Buddha tell. would be okay with this. I bet. Yeah, I he, he seemed like a pretty jovial yeah. kind of well, guy. He'd accept it. Although I'm not a fan <laughs> of sake, typically... I do like it with cherries. Yeah, yeah. this is good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I don't really... Like, I think the last time I had it was with, in a fancy restaurant with fancy sushi. And it's like, well, I, I look like at me there, drinking this stuff. How authentic I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I, I love sake. I'm not necessarily... I have no highfalutin taste or anything. I don't really like hard liquor in general. Well, sake is not hard liquor. It's really wine. It's a lot more for me. Like it's I wine. like wines, a lot of wines I don't like. They're too much. Oh. I can drink a little bit and I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> too much. So is it the intensity of the flavor? I think it's just it's not beer. Ah. Yeah, see? There you go. But even you sake. had an issue with that IPA. I did have an issue with that IPA. Yeah. I'm just a fussy old lady. Was I think you that are fussy. I which, well, <laughs> which IPA was it? Do you know? It was a Deschutes... Shoots Valley is that the Deschutes Brewery? Brewery. Yeah. And it was a, I think it was like a fresh. They called it fresh squeeze. Fresh IPA. squeeze, yeah. Okay, yeah. And yeah. I was I was excited about it because I could have sworn. I wonder how I tried it with cherries. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So when I infused this, I just used a pint glass, pint jar that we had. You know, I like this. and I put in. A handful of cherries. I mean, I didn't put a ton of them in there. I, it was maybe fifteen or twenty cherries. I mean, it wasn't a lot. Oh, like just, not even. They were like pitted. A half a, not even half a cup. Yeah, like quarter, it was just three, like literally. I put my hand in the the pitted cherries bowl, pulled out some, stuck them in the jar, covered them with. And how much was the in sake. the jar again? Um, it was a sake. pint. A, 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 a pint. pint. Yeah, a pint a covered. Yeah, cherries pitted. Pitted. Yeah, pitted, and I Please. used the sweet ones. Okay. So, yeah, that was, that was good. Yeah, it was. It I liked blended, it a lot. They blended you won't really make an of me yet. I'm trying. I'm <laughs> really trying. <laughs> well, Meanwhile, I so inappropriate to say. Yeah, I don't. But, I don't, yeah, I don't to that, think that's too hard. <laughs> you don't think that's for you. It's just a nudge. It's not a very <laughs> long jump. <laughs> it's just a slight nudge. It's not even a push. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not politically correct that we have just said here, but. It's all right. So that is like my major cherry experiments. Those are good. You did some blueberry experiments. Yes. Yeah. What were you There's doing a, there? An app, an apple uh, crisp that my mom used to make all the time, and it is a fairly high sugar item, but it's so simple. And I've made it year, sure. year after year. And finally, I just said, I got these blueberries. I'm going okay. to make a blueberry crisp, but blueberries are a lot sweeter than apples. So they're I also a lot juicier. Yeah, I decreased the the using my mama's recipe, decreased the sugar, brown sugar, and instead of using the regular oats that she always used, I used the instant oat. Kind oh of thing, yeah, the yeah, mill. the quick flat ones, the quick yeah. quick oats. Yeah, That's the quick it. oats. The quick oats, and it and it combined really well. So instead of having this odd texture difference mm-hmm. it just it made this nice kind of crust that just mm-hmm. oh, i'm noticing so the lack of sample yeah that's because it got all eaten. i've noticed that, that sounds like a really good breakfast uh, it got all eaten. Yeah, absolutely well, was um, yeah, yeah. disappointed that, that little tiny square <laughs> hey you didn't <laughs> share your maraschino it. cherry oatmeal our son did that for oh, us he did that yesterday day. that was awesome but i will i will bring a, 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 yeah. a, a pan of it the important thing too is you get some recipe up there. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put get that some up. recipe up there on that one. I, yeah, I, yeah, I have the notes by the computer. Yeah, hopefully, and I took hopefully it'll be up by the show notes and it's by so the easy. time I write those. But if the, not, you put the just the blueberries in the. You know, I, I mean, my mom always used to grease it, but I don't even know why you would need to grease it. Honestly, there's no, no reason. Well, it does help crisp the. Um, 
the coating, the, the, that oil of butter or the oil of grease. On the outside yep. of the pan? On the pan. It helps to crisp oh, up the stuff. Yeah, it caramelizes and helps to caramelize and crisp. I've always oh. wondered why you grease things. No, well, I know. Well, that it's sticking. Well, that and the, not yeah. that and the no it's stick. so juicy. But I always no thought that... It was going to happen. I always thought that the... The greasing and flouring was to prevent sticking. Yes, it is. But on the, the side note of that is Additional. if, if nice. you if you don't do that, you'll also notice that you won't get that really great browning, that really great effect. Oh. Yeah. See who loves baking in this house? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Well, that's good to know. Good I didn't know. know that. So the, the – yeah. So you're just putting in your berries and then I put mixed up stuff – Additionally, and this could be easily a vegan thing because yeah. instead of butter, you just use coconut oil. Yeah, you know, and you just want use to whatever melt your it. favorite. Yeah, your favorite oil, whatever yeah. it is. Just melt it, mix it together. You? I didn't use coconut. No, well, that's no. What I'm but saying. somebody else could. But somebody, somebody else, else could. could. You but could no. probably use a, a lightly Some flavored herbs. olive oil. Yeah, I use olive oil for all that kind of stuff. I use I like oat it. flour for it, but you could use a, an other flour if you're not. So I always want mm-hmm. oat, oat, oat. I like this that sweetness of oats with those kind of things. And they have they a lot of good protein minutes, too. Yeah, oats yeah, have a lot of good protein. protein. Yeah. That's one of those ones that's important for vegetarian, right? And for calming and calming, oh, it's really good for the nerves. Yeah, yeah. So I and then yeah. boom, and it was so delicious. Nice. And blueberries. did you use local blueberries? Yes, I did. Awesome. Use local blueberries, so local board that. Woohoo! So that was cool. So if we don't have the um, recipe up by the time the show notes are up, make sure that you are signed up for our newsletter for the Practical Herbalist, Practical Practical Herbalism Today, because I will make sure that we feature that recipe in the first newsletter that comes out as soon as the recipe is up. And you can sign in from a pop-up that will appear or on the uh, side menu. I believe there's another form you can fill out too. So there's options for the newsletter. Yeah, and if you have trouble signing up, you know, feel free to email us too at yes, info at thepracticalherbalist.com and we'll make sure your email gets up there or your name gets on the list. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty yummy. Yeah, the only other fruit thing I did was the um, – I did some brandied um, nectarines and then I didn't have enough have little – and I, I included elderberry, rose hips, and lychee fruit in here. And the only thing I didn't do is I didn't have any other – I used up all my little thingies, <laughs> all of my little bowls for the cherries. Oh, okay. Well, we can reuse them. So we'll have this to either my, reuse them or – Here. You can put this mysterious thing. Here. What I'm going to do is pass you this, oh, and I'll okay. pass you the spoon. Whoops. All right, spoon. we're just fishing it out. I see how you Yeah, go. Yeah, so just go ahead and fish it out and try some of the brandy part. This has only been standing for, I did this actually before our week with Lita, but I was thinking about her. So it's been standing for about two weeks. Okay. And it was really simple. I just cut up the, go ahead and take that whole piece. There's oh, okay. another large piece. We had picked some local nectarines. Woohoo! This is the nectarines. I can smell... I just dribbled just, it on just, me. Just eat yeah, it. Yeah, just take the whole Just eat Sorry, it. Sorry, folks. <laughs> well, I'm incapable of eating without using my fingers. So I, I cut up Ooh. the nectarines and put them in the jar. And I used, I cut like the, you know, when you cut a nectarine, these were not freestone. So I cut off the sides of them to be the big pretty right. pieces. And then all the little chunks that I cut away from the stone, I stuck those in to make a syrup. And I made a light, simple syrup with those. The lychee fruit, the rose hips, and the elderberry, oh. and that came out to be about. I filled the the fruit into the quart jar, and then I put the syrup on. This, yep, that? that's a lychee, lychee fruit. fruit. Okay. Yeah, so I got that far, and that filled up about half the jar, and then I topped it off with brandy. Okay. Interesting. And it. So I when what it's it's called? It's called a thing. I don't know. I made it up. <laughs> it's called a, another experiment. <laughs> it's a brandy thing. Thing, thing brandy one, thing. thing two, coming later. That's the sequel. <laughs> so it was my my first. I've never actually brandied anything before. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just haven't. So yeah, those lychees are fun. Yeah, they Here. look like I Turn looked at them and I I thought they were seeds. My, go ahead and drink. You, you can finish that off. I'm yeah, go ahead and finish shot. that off. <laughs> Do your shot. So, they say in skull. 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 Yeah. 
I like the lychee fruits lately because they're they're good ones. Usually during the PMS time, lychee fruits are one of the ones that's often recommended in Chinese cooking and yes. stuff. So I have a little jar of them, and I thought, what the hell? Put those in. What the heck? We I'll should, just do it. We should finish off the vinegar, too. Who wants to chug that? Mm, yeah, I know. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe on my salad. But I not. think perhaps I'll use the rest Soak of this little bread. Hmm? Soak bread. Soak that could be good. Bread. Soak that. Bread and vinegar. It's good. Well, I usually have a little olive oil in it, too. So. You could if you want to. But you don't have to. Mm-hmm. So make those noises. Not buying it on the other side of the table here. It's good. I think it's that's good. all right. I'll experiment on them later. Yeah, maybe a little salt with it. So those were my major fruit experiments. Yeah. Now but, you did. You did other ones too. Yeah, I moved think? on to some roots because I got tired I, with my fruits. And I noticed one of the roots. <laughs> one of the roots is not on the table. Um, I only did two root experiments know, in terms of candying. Yeah, but I don't see. So I'm going to talk about oh, that third. Oh, I'll talk, talk about, about what about I did it. for my third. No way! But I'm, what I'm trying to say is, I see one, which we'll mention in a second. Well, I think but I we have candied burdock oh, and are. candied yeah. turmeric. There they are. Candied tr- burdock. Candied burdock and candied turmeric. All right, are we moving so, on to this? So that go for so the burdock Sue's, first. Yeah, Sue's got so one, one of each. each. Which one do you guys want to try first? Hmm. Well, like, we'll do the burdock first because it starts with the B. Starts with yeah. There you go. ODC, OCD. They have so, different scents to them. This one, the turmeric, of course, smells buttery. Yes. Yeah. And the burdock, burdock. smells earthy. Yeah. Well, which would make sense, right? Mm-hmm. So when I had my son try this, his face was classic. It was like the worst thing he'd ever put in his mouth. It was hilarious. Interesting. I want to give it to my kids now. I like the burdock a lot. It's got a tang to it, mm-hmm. but it's very earthy. No, mm-hmm. as far as I'm, I'm concerned, I burdock. I'm candy. I mean, no one. You made this up. Do this. Yes, I did. Yeah. I did. I started thinking about candied ginger and the fact that to make ginger syrup, which we like in our coffee, yeah, I essentially have to make candied ginger. Mm-hmm. And there's no way I'm going to throw that good ginger away. So I just cover it in a little bit of granulated sugar when I'm done after it's, you know, strained off and dried off. And then there you go. You've yeah. candied gingers. There it is. And you don't have to use young ginger root to do that. You can use old ginger root. I've done that. It works just fine. So I thought, oh, gobo root. That would probably be good candied. And I'm sure that would be a good syrup. You use it with a cocktail. Mm-hmm. Add to a cocktail. Yeah. Remember, gobo is burdock. Burdock. Yes. So if you didn't know that, then you'd be like, well, would they mention gobo root? RTM Lampa. <clears throat> yeah. So I, that's one of my experiments this week. And then I figured, well, I've done one root. What else can I do? <gasps> turmeric. I've got access to fresh turmeric. So I did that too. Yeah. I think the, the, I'm not sure what? Like how much is a medicinal dose of just a slice of burdock. I guess if you were just trying to keep some burdock in your system, you just wanted the balancing effect. That would be a nice thing to have around. I figured that on once in a while. You can, I mean, burdock root can be used essentially like potatoes. I mean, it, it can be used right, as sure. a, just a regular food stuff, and it's yes. in a lot of culinary things. Yeah. Just like ginger Sold root. Sold in the grocery store as gobo. Right. And it gets tiring to do the same thing with it all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. even if you're always stir-frying it or, you know, steaming it or whatever, or putting, you know, it gets, it gets, so I'm like, well, how many other ways can we find to include it in our diet without having it become overwhelming and, boy, I'm sick of this. I mean, you mm-hmm. don't want ginger root in everything you're eating. Right. So having some candy ginger root to have after is nice. Having a little syrup of gingers that you can add to your coffee or your tea whenever during the day that makes sense mm-hmm. makes is nice. Well, so I, br- I bring gin- candy ginger to work, and I probably mm-hmm. have a candy ginger a couple times a week there. Stiff, yeah. something's a little unsettling, or mm-hmm. you know something. Something's a. I'll just take that, and it makes me feel better. Right, you know, it settles my stomach. It helps me with some anxiety and circulatory stuff, and it's it's in a canning jar, a little yeah. black canning jar <laughs> on, my, on my shelf, so it's always there. And having yeah. the burdock there too would be easy. Yeah, a desk snack. And then I did the turmeric because I thought, well, you know, you could have three roots together if you wanted. 
that would work. Mm -hmm. I thought about doing dandelion root candied, but Mm -hmm. I haven't dug up any dandelion root that's, you know, big enough. Mm -hmm. I just haven't gone out and actually dug up a dandelion root. Yeah, I personally prefer the burdock root to the turmeric, but I thought this could be a way that I could. She must need burdock in her in her diet because I, I can't stand it. You really don't like it. Oh, I don't yeah. like it. He was I don't displeased like it. when he saw the can. There were three slices of burdock right like, there. Oh, She's gonna make, make me, me eat it. it. <laughs> so I like what do you turmeric. guys? Mm-hmm. But I, I'm partial to turmeric anyway. I do like turmeric. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, it's different. Yeah. And uh, I thought this was a really great way to to use it. Like, mm-hmm. we hadn't used it before. I'd never seen it before. And no, you know, it's a really neat yeah. way. It's cool. I like it. So it's not like... Gonna, what's that? It's going to be on the website. Sure. I hadn't even thought about actually writing a recipe, but <laughs> I could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. And so I had all this extra syrup left over, right? And so. And so I made three root syrup. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, wow. That sounds like a formula. It is. Well, it sort of is. It's a blood purification formula. And I decided I made about, came out to be about a pint of it. So burdock? And one of the things, yeah, burdock, turmeric, and then I had dandelion root tincture. And I decided oh. to add that in as a tincture because now what I have a is preservative. Yeah, it's a preservative. So I have a syrup that I can keep in the back of the fridge until flu season starts. And when uh-huh. flu season starts, I can add a little bit of this to especially the after formula when you're starting to get better. Because I don't mm-hmm. know about you, but I end up I have the pre formula, you know, the teas and stuff we make, and then you hit the worst of the flu or cold. Mm-hmm. And then I have a formula that I make at that point that deals with that but also is working at clearing the crud out. Right. And, and then you like a revitalize. Yeah. And this okay, is the okay. recovery at af- you know, midway to after to recover because your body needs to get rid of all the toxic waste essentially mm-hmm. from having fought for it. Huh. You know, so well, I've got, I'll take note, health crusader. Yeah. So I thought this would be a nice one. And it could also maybe make our niece Patrick. Patrick, you need to try it. You need to try it. I need to try it. It's not an option. No, it's not as I had said before. There's nothing optional in this place. There's never anything <laughs> optional. I can't experiment on people if they won't let me. I know. <laughs> so I'm getting this. So this is my three root syrup. I'm smelling it. <laughs> smelling it. Concerned. Smelling. It's it's not overly sweet. Like I thought. I thought it was going right. to be overly sweet, but it is sweet. Yeah, and it's there's got, a tingle. You mm-hmm. taste that tingle. It's probably the turmeric. Turmeric. I was going to say it was the burdock, but I don't. I don't know. Could well, be the thing is. when I did the candied uh, turmeric. And it left. I had this tingling on my tongue, so that's why I'm saying it's that. Mm-hmm. It could be residual from the burdock. I think this would be good in coffee. Go ahead, give it a try. You know, no, pour it. no. Yeah, no, you've no, got cardamom no. in there right now. I don't have permission yeah. to do that. Well, if you want shop. to, go for it. But I mean, you know, your call. <laughs> the barista <laughs> can just back off. Break it down, and then I'm going to add it. Yeah, that's good. That is good. Yeah. So that's my my like major. I'm so thrilled with myself with this whole root thing. Yeah, you know, and it fun. does have like a tingling <laughs> effect. I I know with echinacea, I don't know how true this is, but people say when you take the echinacea, you feel a tingle in your mouth. That's your white blood cells rising to the surface. Mm. I don't know how true that is. <laughs> I don't know. I've Careful. never noticed. You don't want to say something you can't prove. Yep. Oh, you guys. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I also did a um, herbal blend for tincture that put in cherries, and then I went out to the garden and got the sage, the thyme, and the oregano, and stuck Mm -hmm. that in there. And in one version, I added some borage to it. I think oregano is so good for a sore throat. Oregano and sage together is great. Yeah. My plan is that that will be. That one I did in Everclear, so it's going to be a nice, hopefully strong tincture. Because mm-hmm. the cherries have so much liquid in them. Yeah. I decided right, right. Everclear would give me the higher alcohol. You know, it'll probably top end up. Oh, yeah. Coming out at I'm like sure. 70 or 80%. Yeah. 
Yeah, or, I have no you know, idea what fresh cherries with their water moisture content is. Really high. It's really high. <laughs> it's really know, high versus the. Yeah, I mean you can squeeze yeah. it. Out it yeah. yeah, if they were dried cherries, I totally would have just used a vodka. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. but my plan is that that will at the whenever I make the decoctions and cough syrups and things like that, mm-hmm. I usually add twenty five percent ish alcohol Mm -hmm. to make sure that it's preserved and I'll make enough so it'll go for several days Mm -hmm. and often across like the whole family. Mm -hmm. So this way I'm not having to go hunt through my thing trying to find a tincture that makes sense given that most of what I would have put in in tincture form I've already put in in dried you know that I did cocktail so Mm Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, try? So, so I was like, oh, this will give me, and it'll give me the cherry aspect because I really like cherry for easing coughing and soothing yes. the throat. Yeah, and I don't. Most people are thinking of cherry bark, wild cherry bark, right. but there's the constituents milder yeah. in the fruit too. So it, it does it does feel really good. And you know what? Right now, I'm really feeling the, the turmeric very strongly. Right now. <laughs> I talk about an afterbite. Yeah, <laughs> it's impressive. So, yeah, that was my thinking on preparing for next year is just throw some of those fresh cherries in and do that. Because normally I end up freezing. I make, I decoct the cherries essentially or juice them and then I freeze that. And I thought, well, rather than do that, let's put them in alcohol that I don't have to spend the economy. I don't have to spend the freezer space or, you know, the electricity on keeping that frozen. Yeah. 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 And that's something to keep in mind for us practical herbalists out there is how much energy What's our carbon footprint yeah. for doing what we're doing in order to mm-hmm. save I don't know, money or save, you know, the freezer costs us it does. to run it. The, mm-hmm. the food dryer costs, there's a whole bunch of costs involved in different things, canning that costs. Do you yeah. want to, do you want to can things on a hot day? Right. You know, there's, yeah. there's a lot of things to factor in and to have a variety of different options. I mean, would it, would it, what do you have here? You had a, a vinegar, you got a syrup, you got what maraschino? Yeah, What's candied, 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 candied stuff. Uh, and, yeah, a couple yeah. of different varieties of things with a sake and stuff like that. You've got options, yeah. and that's that diversity of tactics makes for makes for a more pleasant experience. Yeah, well, and it's also, we often don't think about how the foods that we eat are actually quite medicinal. Oh, yes. So finding different ways to prepare them and like the burdock, you know, candy, I'd have it in syrup. I can add it in regular, you know, food. Mm -hmm. I've got tincture still from the time we dug out the burdock root together and I made like a half a gallon of tincture. It's been years. Oh. We, the right. one when we went to Mount Pisgah and we dug up this giant burdock root. We, we split it in half. Yes, we did. I made a half a gallon, I kid you not, of burdock root tincture. Yeah. I still have wow. a large portion of that. You know, yeah. I mean, I use it regularly, but not regularly enough. it's just a little family, you mm-hmm. know? And I'm glad to have it. And honestly, I mean, we we write shelf life on tinctures and we say that they might go bad because it's what we need to do for Mm -hmm. safety and all that. And different herbs will, like Mm -hmm. I know uh, Capsella, otherwise known as Shepherd's Purse, it does have a short Mm -hmm. uh, shelf life. Right. But what I've noticed for a lot of stuff, burdock and dandelion, I mean, things like that, oftentimes I find that you know, well past what the supposed shelf life is for it. This mm-hmm. particular tincture that I have is still got Very good energy. Viable. It tastes good. Mm-hmm. It looks good. It smells right. And when I hold the jar in my hands, I can feel the little buzz that tells me there's good energy in there. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, it's still good. It's still you good. know, yeah. I have had things on occasion where I hold them and well, they may look decent. The color's not as good as it was mm-hmm. or you know, the buzz isn't there, then I know, you know, that's time to just compost it. Right. But yeah, and I think the biodynamic people would say, maybe it has something to do with the phase of the moon. Yeah. You harvested it or the astrological sign yeah. tracing the sky or the energy that went into it when you created it. Yes. Yeah. There's all kinds of things that they would say would influence that perhaps that influences preservation we will have to interview someone who's that would be a biodynamics really, that would be an interesting one that would I'd be love to do that very, very did you publish photos in the hashtag the practical herbalist on yes. instagram for all this? so if you want yes. to see these photos of all the things that candace made you can use the hashtag the practical herbalist 
on uh, Instagram. Yep. Yes. In fact, very much. I welcome. We have at least one person that's included. Use that hashtag. And it's awesome. I love getting, seeing photos of what people are doing with their herbs. Oh, yeah. herbalism. And if we use your photo from that hashtag in our newsletter, you have a chance. Well, you have a chance. You have a yeah, chance for that. We'll, chance, yeah. And we'll share that with all of our, yeah. uh, our, list, our, our not our listeners, but our um, email newsletter subscribers. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have a section at the bottom of the Practical Herbalism Today where I include quotes that we've gotten. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's quotes on our Amazon folios, but more often I look for things where people have commented on our website, on articles, right. or from our, on our Facebook page if people have given us comments there. Yeah. And the Instagram, I love getting stuff from there. Right. So, it yeah. means that all this hard work that we've undergone in order to inspire people has had some kind of effect. Yeah. You know, because we want yes. people to to learn more about herbs. That's the whole point. Yeah. You know, to ask questions and, and don't be satisfied with the first answer that you get. Because mm-hmm. I've done plenty of research. That's oh, yeah. one of the reasons why we made the Practical Herbalist website is because we would look for answers and then find it and go, huh, there's something funny about that. Look again and say, oh, look at this. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, or I try and be like, yeah, that didn't work the way they said at all. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that totally didn't work. Yeah, you know. So fine. Continue to seek questions and continue to seek answers and just keep your brain alive. Yeah. So yeah, definitely share your experiences with us. Please do. Awesome. Yeah, if if you're interested in more information uh, on what we talked about here at the um, Real Herbalism Radio on this podcast. Um, then we welcome you to go check out our show notes on The Practical Herbalist and also check out our links. Uh, we have book reviews and other resources on The Practical Herbalist website. Uh, we Don't forget to listen to the podcast before to listen to the interview that we had with Lita, uh, who owns a 100-mile bakery. And make sure you sign up for our newsletter, as Patrick mentioned. Uh, you can get those recipes and how-dos, and we have ebooks out quite a number of them, as a matter of fact, which is a really inexpensive way to educate yourself uh, on specific topics. And we publish those through uh, uh, Amazon. Those are on Amazon. They're through Practical Herbalist Press. Please remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Pinterest and follow our discussions on Twitter. And you can share your images and experiences on Instagram, as Candice is talking about. Hashtag The Practical Herbalist. And now a word from our sponsor. The Practical Herbalist Press. That's in addition to our website and our podcast. That is right. Practical Herbalist Press is all about providing really good books and information by written by experienced herbalists. Us. Us. But others eventually <laughs> as yes, well. That's very true. And it's bite-sized information that we research the heck out of. We have medical information out there that we're really doing a lot of research on. We are we have growing gardening with herbs. We got stuff for about pets, your yes. home, your family, ethnobotany. Ethnobotany. Medical, mm-hmm. We also put it in terms of the traditional ways we've talked about historic, herbs, like yeah. historic, mm-hmm. whether they're warm and cooling, that right. sort of thing, mythical and very practical stuff. The Practical Herbalist Press is dedicated to providing the best herbal related books on the market. Look for our titles on Amazon, search for the Practical Herbalist Press, or visit our website at practicalherbalistpress.com. Now, back to the show. Herbalism 101. This is part of the show where Sue and Candace answer a listener question or teach you about an herbal definition or term covering basic to advanced herbal knowledge. If you would like the dirt on herbs, herbalism, or anything else related, you can send your question using our simple contact form at realherbalismradio.com slash herbalism101. If we choose your question for the show, we will send you a free PDF ebook, Natural Nutrition by The Practical Herbalist, currently available for $4.99 at The Practical Herbalist store. Here's Candace and Sue to discuss this show's Herbalism 101 topic. Today's question comes from Quentin. Quentin asks, Hello, I'm a university student, and I often see the use of Xanax to treat anxiety and Adderall to stay focused. I have found that although effective, these drugs can be quite dangerous and harsh on the body. Is there a natural herbal alternative to treat anxiety and an alternative solution to stay focused? Thank you, Quentin. 
It's a really complex question, actually. Yeah, two opposing sides. But yeah, he's he's right. I think the statistics were something with like Adderall alone, twenty to thirty percent of young people are using it. Yeah, what I've noticed since I was in university a very long time ago <laughs> was that there's a considerably larger percentage of university students using pharmaceuticals of some sort mm-hmm. to get through the university experience. Yeah. And I'm not sure what that's about. I mean, well, I can, I can tell you what it's about. Oh, yeah? Well, yeah. in the last 20 years, the biggest change in all pharmaceuticals is the ability for pharmaceutical companies to advertise to the general public. Mm. Yeah, that they're is on TV, change. they're on Hulu, they're in magazines, right. and they tell yeah. you this is the symptoms and these are the problems you're facing. You must have this, this problem. We have a drug for you. Mm-hmm. And then you go into the doctor's office, I want that drug. And if that doctor doesn't give it to you, another one will. Right. And since the yeah. insurance companies have been limiting the amount of time that you can spend with your doctor, then it's so much easier just to. If you've really diagnosed yourself and you can just tell them, this is what I want. Here I got, yeah, this is, this is, these are my symptoms. This is what I prefer. And, you know, the doctors got to sit there. And I know some doctors have said, I have cut other people short when they've come in exactly like that because I have other people that I know will take more time. Right. So, you know, I'm not running into the end of my day and threatened yeah. <laughs> threatened with uh, problems from the ad team because they, they got to make a living, too. They got to yeah. figure out how to get through their day. And then prescriptions are just way up there. Yeah, that could could very well be exactly the reason. I exactly what it is. Yeah. I, I know that at least looking at just university life, lifestyle choices are really big in terms of keeping anxiety under control. Right. I mean, partying sure. all night every weekend isn't going to help your body be stable. So when you're facing the pressures of passing a test or working with a group that's not as cohesive as you wish or Mm -hmm. knowing that you've got what seems insurmountable amount of research to get done in a short amount of time, I mean, that's tough. And then on top of that, you're worrying about having to potentially work, you know, your waitressing job or your information desk job or whatever, parking attendant, whatever it is you're working at the same time. I mean, that. There's a lot of that's, pressure. That's tough. Some people, they get through life somehow in college just by having rich parents. Well, I don't know. Yeah. But, he may be. But, I mean, I think the other thing, though, too, is that what Kansas, I think, is really getting to is that diet Yeah, plays diet. a huge part. Yeah, it yeah. does. Rest plays another huge part. Yeah. If you are burning the candle at both ends by partying all weekend and playing all day and not eating well, yeah, yeah something's going to give. Yeah. yeah. And if you're one of those people that that – waits for the deadline. Yes. Yeah. You're, you've decided I would yeah. rather have that crushing stress than just kind of chip away at something a little at a time. Right. So there's, you know, there's the obvious and then exercise, proper exercise. Oh, yes. yeah. You know, that's something that I know myself, I didn't get much of nope. when I was in college. I didn't think about it. It didn't. You know, I mean, we, we joined, you know, intramural like flag football or, oh, or hockey. No. I did, but I, took, I mean, I did bowling, but that I was, was on the well, bowling team. Yeah. But that, <laughs> but that was, again, that was, that was an avenue to drink. But I mean, to actually have like a, a routine and exercise yeah. program that you're doing to help generate those natural endorphins that help you to well, uh, treat and also, anxieties and other things. I mean, if you're in a good place, you're really not going to be as have as much anxiety. Yeah, and it also just gets anyway. things moving yeah. in your body. It gets things so moving. Yep. Even if your exercise is yoga and it's not the super stressful hot yoga or aggressive yoga, but you're just doing the more gentle yoga, that's moving your body and that's moving energies in your body, like your liver. You know, it gives you gentle massage to your liver and your I other internal organs. There's such a thing as hot. Aggressive yoga. Oh yeah, like Bikram yoga. Bikram it's yoga. one of the brand names, but it's really hot yoga. They do yoga in a studio that's like a hundred and two degrees oh, or something. Actually physically, physically hot. hot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like the uh, the yeah. environment is physically is warm. And there's ah. a, and there's okay. a lot of large like yoga classes that you can go to have different um, flavors, I guess you could say. And one of them is a more aggressive, where you walk in and especially if you're a 45-year-old woman like me, mm-hmm. you're watching all these incredibly flexible people do p- poses that look like contortionist stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, I can almost touch my toes. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's what I think of as the more aggressive yoga. For the people that are doing it and are you know, able to do those poses, it's not necessarily aggressive. Mm-hmm. But you know, if what you want is just to do something to help your body move, spending an hour a week, you know, maybe two half-hour sessions of doing some stretching right. will make a huge difference. Well, honestly, simply walk. 
walk. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot you know, of universities, you've got to walk to classes. You've got to get sure. to where you need yeah. to be. But it's always done in a, in a, in a pace. I got to be here at X time. I got to be there at X time. I got to yeah. do this. I got to go to this lab. I got a bundle of books. I got to eat on the way. And a ton of books, especially yeah, for like science. Yeah. 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 And it's not, it's not, I'm oh, not yeah. saying yeah. you can say, yeah, I walk a ton, but I'm actually saying, okay, drop the books. Walk. It's not walk to the class. It's, it's just take a stroll, walk. right? Take a stroll. Clear your mind. Yeah. You know, for me, if now that I'm at my age, I am, I'd say, well, you know, for me, I would have done martial arts. Right. I could have yeah. done martial arts then. I should have done martial arts then. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Foolish. Me too. <clears throat> me too. Right. Because I loved it. I love it. Still love it. And that's what works for me. But I think the ultimate idea is to work, make w- what works for you. So, you know, the mm-hmm. diet and exercise. But mm-hmm. failing that, what else can help? Yeah, there's a bunch of words. Well, just uh, you said, I, I looked up, there's a Washington Post article that says uh, nearly three in five American adults take a prescription drug, which is up marketably from the year 2000. Yes. So there's the... That's when those laws changed, was right yeah. around the turn of the uh, time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I so, remember working in the publishing industry and we had just lost the, the first um, internet bubble, blue, popped. Mm-hmm. And there was all this print advertising for all these dot coms mm-hmm. that disappeared. <clears throat> so the next wave of awesome advertising for the magazines was prescription drugs. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we'll have a link on our show notes. It's Washington Post. Uh, nearly sixty percent of Americans, the highest ever, are taking prescription drugs. And this is a November third, two thousand fifteen article by Brad Brady Dennis. So, yes, some of the stuff we say is true. <laughs> so one of the blends that I've used, <laughs> one of the one of the blends that I've used, and I did use it way back when I was studying and I still use it now when I have to face. Now it's if I have to face like competition or testing day for martial arts. Yeah. But back then I used it for studying and I just call it um, calm and focused essential oil blend. Okay. And it's got ginger root. Uh, rosemary and um, mint. I think oh. I usually use peppermint, but I think you could probably so you use spearmint too. if that's what's Which accessible. Which one's more common? I mean, I, I normally, I, I, rare, I rarely remember. I don't think I have any spearmint essential oil at my house. I think, I I just have think peppermint. peppermint's the easier of the two to get a hold of. Okay. Um, so I use that. I just use it in a diffuser. Although I have also added it to a small amount of um, like almond oil. Mm-hmm. And used it kind just of like a perfume. Like yeah. on your pulse points in the base exactly. of your neck. Yeah. Yeah, that would work pretty good. And then I have also at times added eucalyptus essential oil to that blend because eucalyptus essential oil is a good one for kind of helping you pr- give, make that protective bubble. So mm-hmm. like when I was living in dorm life, mm-hmm. people were around all the time. It was very hard to get space to myself. Yes. Yeah. And so the eucalyptus oil just helped make me... Even if I'm sitting at the library and there's people at all the other seats, but I've got my little space, the eucalyptus oil helped helped it feel like that was enough. That was mm, my space and I, I could be bubble. alone. Yeah, it's like an artificial bubble. Mm. And I do use it in competitions, you know, as well, because, you know, you go to a competition or a test <clears throat> and it's just, it's crazy. It's nuts. And everybody yeah. else is nervous and they're nuts. You know, yeah. everybody's nuts. It's an energy of nuts all around you. When I went back to school... To finish my degree the second time, mm-hmm. I know that you had done a lot of that for me. Yeah, um, that was the blend. I was that working full time. Yeah. We were at a house. We were nice. Still was going to school full time, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of well, pressure, mm-hmm. you know. And I didn't think about going to get a drug. That right. didn't, that didn't right. you know, that, I didn't, yeah. that, was, that wasn't in my that radar to say, three to five Americans. you know, I, yeah. I wasn't going to go get Adderall or whatever else this stuff is. Just to you know, for me, I that wasn't on my. Thing partly because yeah. of you know, growing up, but yeah. so Candace said, "Well, I, I can we could do this." And that was when she was really starting to discover more and more uses for essential oils. Mm-hmm. So we were doing diffusers of you know lemon oil and peppermint and a whole bunch of other things that uh, were helping you know, open up you know, your mind and setting right. a stage and all that stuff. And that really helped me a lot. I mean, I didn't think about it then. I thought, oh, geez, Candace being all woo-woo again. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> but it ended up working. But when you ran out of that bottle, you came and asked me for more. Yeah, you asked more of that. Yeah. 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 yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah. Uh, and also uh, use more vitamin C in our lives. You know, when you're stressed, you kind of, all those yeah. water-soluble vitamins disappear. Yeah, the diet is really important. Very important. And yeah, and for people that um, they're on the go and they, they're not... The kind of stuff that you usually have that's easy to get and run with is either fatty or 
carb yes. rich. Yeah. So the if you know if you don't have access, keep some vitamin C, even just a few little baggy chewables, chewable yeah. vitamin C with you, and then you know, make sure that you're not eating vitamin C on an empty stomach because it can cause some esophageal burning. Yeah. You know, people do sometimes react to that. It's just a, too much ascorbic acid. But herbally speaking, you can use rose hips, rose hips. and elderberries. Mm-hmm. So if you even go to your local co-op or grocery store and you see a blend that has rose hips or elderberries in it, mm-hmm. that would be good teas to get. And yeah. they're reasonable to make, yeah. you know, in a dorm setting yeah. with just a little hot plate or one of those little kettles. And I've added some rose hips to the little granola mix yep. before, and that was nice. I've also added it to, because uh, magnesium is also really good for... Um, memory and, you know, blood pressure in general, which helps you with stress. Uh, but cashews are really high in magnesium yeah. and throwing in some raisins and some rose hips. That was a, a high a iron. Simple. Yeah, it's a nice, um, simple. High vitamin C. Lychee fruit would be good lychee for that too. With that too. Again, the lychee fruit. I love the lychee fruit. Little, little nibbles, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but nibbling uh, on that kind of stuff throughout the day as you're studying can mm -hmm. help. help, And it also helps you reground. B9, otherwise known as folate, is good for focus as well. Yep. It's really an excellent. So if we can, we've discussed a lot of different things. So Mm -hmm. we could boil it down into maybe four things to take away from this answer. For the. Maybe five. uh, um, Diet, exercise. exercise. There's some herbs. Herbs. Anxiety, I want to throw out the lemon balm again. Lemon balm. Yes. Great, great, great for anxiety. Motherwort is fabulous Mm -hmm. for treating anxiety. Yep. But yeah, diet, exercise, rest. Rest. Get plenty of rest. Diet, exercise, rest, and then the the handful of herbs that we talked about to help you um, enhance those things there too. But that's the number one thing is diet, exercise, rest, really. Yeah, most definitely. Great. So there's also a couple of articles that we have on the Practical Herbalist. Oh, okay. We did a show on natural treatment options for anxiety. That was show number four. Mm -hmm. Which you have to purchase now. Yes. Yes. It's a dollar ninety-nine. A dollar ninety nine. Or $1.49. But, but yeah, cheap. it's for purchase. Less than two dollars. We also did an anxiety natural er- treatment options article, which mm-hmm. is available on the Practical Herbalist, and I'll have a link in the show notes. Yeah. Um, we have the get pumped and stay focused for competition and the calm and focused essential oil blend recipes, those two. And there's also St. John's Wort, which we haven't touched That's on yet. That's true, St. John's Wort, yeah. We've got right. an, uh, we've done an herbal folio on that. We also have the um, encyclopedia page mm-hmm. on the practical herbalist, and we do have a folio also on lavender, which is really great. Lavender, for that's right. Jeez. Tension Thank and you. So, what's interesting is how many articles and resources do we have on our website just it. to cover anxiety? Yes. Yeah. You know, keep focus. Wow. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's an issue. It is. It's a constant it's issue. Not just at university level. I wish I could say that, oh, yeah, I got done with university and it just got easy. No, life didn't actually yeah. get less. <laughs> Nobody thinks that will ever happen. <laughs> yeah. So I think we, we should be able to help out. Yeah. But so good luck with question. Good luck. Happy graduation. So, guys, this really isn't like news per se in the herbal world of national news, but it is news for us. We went to the country fair, the Oregon country fair last weekend, which is the annual mecca, if you will. The hippie Uh, fair. The hippie fair. annual hippie fair. But it kind of seems like it's changed, hasn't it? So that was the big thing we did. So we thought we would talk about it and see how it's changed over years. Sue, you seem like you've gone every year since you've been been in Oregon. And Candace and I went 10 years ago. And this year we went for the first time in, in a decade and we noticed, I mean, it was a palpable difference to, um, for us between now and then. In fact, so much so that I could say, I want to go again next year. And, oh, and after the, the first time you went, you didn't like it. No, the second time I went, I said, okay, I'm, I'm done. I don't need to do this again. Right. You know, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. But next year I could see actually doing it. In fact, I even talked, even had the, the idea like, what does it take to get on a crew? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Radical yeah. turnaround. Radical turnaround from, from 10 years ago. Why? So You spent a lot of time hating the fair over the last decade. Well, yeah. And yeah. If my friends can attest that love the fair, I've been, have been the stanch anti-fair person. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot has changed for me. Like when we, our experience there this year was, um, we noticed that generationally this, some things have changed. Uh-huh. We noticed that Stop there was, right. And we also, there was a lot more space. I mean, right. like I was telling my friend that imagine all these people 
on two smaller concourses, if you will, I'll use or trails. Yeah. Now they're expanded into this these two larger areas, so that you have room to breathe. Yes. Yeah, it's over the course of what three days? There's like forty thousand visitors or oh, something yeah. like that. And just yeah. like who who was it that that decided that standing like a bunch of cattle walking along with your arms pinned to the side was going to be fun. Right. That's not fun. So I'll open up more space for people to kind of move and breathe around a little more organically. I made it That's a lot. Fun. Yeah. Made That's it a lot fun. better. And, and there, and there's other areas that they added are like antithesis to the top areas the Northern areas, or if you will, because they're open, they're, they're large yes. open areas where, yes. so you get these tight confining walkways where there's booths and rest, you know, the uh, food booths and your craft booths and the mini stages fair. and the old mm-hmm. fair. Yeah. And then you get the other, oh, to that, if you will, the new area and it's open and it's big and, and it's, you get a chance to like just breathe. Right. You know, yeah. right. Exactly. Which I thought was a nice uh, juxtaposition. I really enjoyed yeah. that part of it. And it just made the flow so much easier. Yeah. Uh, I also thought that overall there was a lot more representation of uh, so much different art. Definitely. And a lot yeah. more um, performances, a lot more stages seemed to be there. there the more, did some new people. Right. It just seemed to be, yeah. yeah. And I mean, maybe in a couple of years I might go, okay, they need to reinvent again because right. I'm getting bored. Because yeah. you know, when we did it two years in a row, um, we felt like, oh, this is – okay, so obviously this doesn't change. Uh-huh, right. This doesn't evolve. Yes. You know, but over 10 years, it surely did. Yeah. You know, we saw so many, we, we still saw some people the from, you know, people, but there was a lot, nice of, yeah, but there, there was a lot of new ones, which was yeah. really great. And I think the way that um, the fair is being run by, uh, if you will, new management or the new volunteers that are running the cruise, they seem mm-hmm. to take it a lot more seriously. They really want to make sure that it's a great environment for everybody. Right. And, um, yeah, my friend who manages one of the crews now, he he really changed the way they did the the, the judging of the art this year and the mm-hmm. the craft inventory and how that all worked together. And, and that's just Happy kudos, boys club right? And I think that's really kudos to him for doing it that way, making it more um, efficient and more equitable for everybody to try to get judged in and mm-hmm. you, you know, know handling stuff. But I'm glad you said the boys club thing because I've been trying to grab get my head around what was what's really why is the taste of the fair so different now than it was then? Mm-hmm. And all these things we're talking about are definitely there. But what I remember when I came 10 years ago was that it really did feel like a party that the popular people were having. And I was just sort of floating around the peripheral, right. like the whole part, the whole fair, the goers, the yes. everything was all a club. And if you weren't a part of that club and hadn't been there for the last, at that point, 10 years mm-hmm. or more since the inception of the fair, you were just an outsider that was welcome to give them their, your money and support right. them, but not really a part of the group. Yeah. Whereas this time, I felt like I was as much a part of the fair as anybody else. I didn't feel that same boys club, popular kids click thing. Right. It's as mature. I did last time. It has definitely matured. Yeah. As I have been a staff member of the fair for a couple of decades now, I've noticed that change too. Like, I, and I resented it. You know, I, I do not think that's fair. I think that's a horrible thing to do to people. And, and 20 the years ago, that clickiness, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's rude. Yeah. It's just I, rude. And it's, it not, it's not part of my particular generation when it was. It was people were wearing polo shirts. And I thought, I do not want to be a part of that crap. Right. So it's been a lifelong struggle, you know, inclusiveness. Yeah. And I've noticed that now, like just this year, there was some people that there were staff members had been for a long time. And this one particular person had a terrible behavior and years past, that would have been like, oh, well, that's what that's the boys so. club does. And so that's OK. And now it was called out like, nice. I'm sorry, these rules are for everybody. Yeah. You know, you have to you have to treat people to this standard. You yeah. can't be a yeah. jerk. I'm sorry. You, you should know better. You've been here long enough. You should know better. So step up. Yeah, as a fair goer, it was a really much good. more comfortable environment yeah. this time around. Yeah, and people, I mean, people were friendly, sense. and yeah. you know, it was it was yeah. nice. I liked so, that. Yeah, I was impressed too. I was impressed by seeing some of the social change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know change doesn't come easy. Well, one thing I, I saw though that I was not happy to see as much was that the they have a community village and the energy village, energy so park, energy uh-huh. park. Those two are much smaller this time than they were a decade ago. Like were the space devoted to them, the amount of people there. I mean, last time I remember walking into Community Village and I could hardly move. There were so many people there and it was a bigger space 
you know, the, the, it felt more expansive, mm-hmm. but there were a ton of people. And this time I walk into it and it's like, oh, almost like a ghost town. <laughs> you know, oh. it was really quiet. And it the same really thing. With, I liked that. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that I minded having a quiet space, uh-huh. but I noticed in the energy park was the same thing last decade ago, much more energy going on there, much more people, a lot more booths, bigger space devoted to it, this time smaller. And I'm thinking that's probably we're looking at a shift in consciousness of Mm. not just the fair people that create the fair, but also the the audience. So maybe it's time to update those areas again. You know, they might have, they might be resting on their laurels, perhaps, and then it's time to do something to pull in some new ideas in there too. There's certainly a lot going on with community development. There's oh, yeah. certainly a lot going on with energy, right. um, renewable energy. Well, and I, sakes. Yeah. I, I heard somebody toss out the phrase weekend hippies while I was there. It was just some random other conversation. Mm-hmm. I hadn't, I didn't really hear any other part of the conversation, but someone said something about weekend hippies. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yeah, you know, there are an awful lot of people of the younger generations, like the millennial generation. They aren't necessarily weekend hippies, but they certainly aren't hippie like the old hippies were. Right. They're not living Oops. on communes, avoiding yes. bathing, smoking <laughs> weed all the time. And, we're stereotyping you know, that. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, it's horrible stereotyping, but <laughs> but they aren't they aren't as, you know, they're more mainstream, I guess. Well, so they're, they're a generation. You yeah. Know, you shouldn't have to pretend to be cool to be a generation. Of right. 40, 50, 50 years ago. That's right. ridiculous. Right. Move so I, I think that what I, what I think, what I saw at the fair was that the community village and the energy park were smaller and not as well populated in part because the shift in the whole values of the generation right. is different. Those aren't novel concepts anymore. Right. So it's not as much of a draw. Huh. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, and there isn't, there has mm. been in our community, the Eugene, Springfield, Vanita general area. There's mm. been a love hate relationship with the country fair. Right, people really it's loved it, or people really hated it. Yeah, and ten years ago, you just say OCF, and you will see the divide immediately. Yeah. If somebody's face crowd. lights up. Oh, you just talked about home, as they call it. Yes. Or, oh, God, it's, uh, I hate those damn hippies. Right. When we asked for directions in Vanita 10 years ago, we were oh my scorned. God. scorned. It was yes. a scorn. Yeah, he was not very, a sleepy town. He was not very happy. But this year, they had a shuttle bus that you could park in a parking right. lot, and they would take you from Vanita to the thing. And nice. It's right. like, well, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I've noticed in our community is that our the attitudes, there's a lot more middle ground. There are people now that are comfortable saying, yeah, I went to the fair. It's not my thing, but it's okay. Right. It's okay that it exists. Yeah. Whereas 10 years ago, it was not okay that it existed. Yeah. And there are people who are like, yeah, I go to the fair. It's fun. But, you know, it's not the only thing I do. Mm-hmm. It, it's an enjoyable, one of many enjoyable things of my summer. Sure. Not, not this is the only thing that matters. I yeah. think the hour should be longer, but that's me. Yeah. Oh, you're <laughs> yeah. my they, they stop and start a little earlier. Yeah, I think 8 o'clock, I, I eight o'clock in the morning. It would too. be nice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> 8 to 10. 8 to 10. 14 hours. <laughs> You know, yeah, I, I think uh, you know, it'd be nice, more like a nine. easy for me to say. I right. don't know what the logistics are. I know, right? An hour earlier might be kind of nice. Midwestern fairs like this start usually between eight or nine a.m. and go pretty much to sunset. Yeah, sunset. I know for like you know? the food vendors, that means they got to wake up an hour earlier too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but they're going to sell a lot of food. They're going to sell a lot of food. <laughs> that's true. But From yeah, what I've I heard about know. the after party, they may not have to actually wake up because they went all night. Yeah, so they're just yeah, they're open all night anyway. <laughs> I haven't done. Yeah, and that's no, it, was, you know. it was fun. It was good to see the changes, and I tell you, there's a variety of people. Not just myself. I'm not the only claustrophobe in the group but that said, "Yeah, I had one panic attack, one the entire weekend." And for me, that's pretty good. I, I personally had one in like a half. That's you know, not too that's bad. Really good for me. Yeah, before so, it was so intense and closed in. Yeah, I mean, it just so many people. Yeah. yeah, right. And they, you know, and, and like yeah. you said before, it's too is that temperature makes a big difference. It yeah. really does. And this this yeah. year we had very temperate, even wet days. Yeah, it was, it was spring. Mm-hmm. You know, us quite a bit. But when we've had like the last time we went, it was in the nineties, mm-hmm. and it was so oh, it's miserable. It was and miserable. Then people, it was bad. And people do act more nuts. They do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. 
So one of the things, one of the things I hope we'll start seeing more of in future fairs is more herbalism, more herbalists. We saw Howie, Columbine School of Botanical Studies. Yes. That was awesome. Yeah. And he had some products there that one of his students had done and he was talking with people. So that was awesome to see. I enjoyed visiting. Yeah. Yeah. And Zoe stopped by (laughs) with us and she walked around with us for a while. Yeah. It was wonderful to see her. We stopped by, what was the name of that herbal display? Davidson. Oh, we stopped by her. Oh, we saw Ren on the way. I was really glad to finally oh. meet her. Oh, that was she's great. a treasure. Yeah. Ren Davidson is she's a treasure. Yeah. I, I feel honored to have taken her classes and you know that yeah, I we got to talk her into staying in town a little bit longer so we can maybe get her on the show she and going visit back with and her forth over the border. Yeah, yeah. she's amazing. Do you remember she's what amazing. that? But what we stopped by was? yeah with Zoe. Oh, we stopped the, by the booth. Wild herbal crafting. Gosh, what was the name of it? It had it had these uh, tables with a couple of layers with jars that had local herbs right. in it. Yeah, and you know showed and it had little cards about it. Uh, Tobias was uh, he was at that booth. He's somebody that I have on my personal list of people I'd like to interview. Yeah, uh, he spent time in Ecuador and places like that doing herbalism as well. But yeah, I I can't quite remember something about wild crafting or native herbs or something like that. But it was right off it was of the in community, community village. village. Yeah, it was right yeah. like right at the edge there. Yep. I loved the fact that they pictures. had so many wonderful. It was it was it made it easy to identify. Mm-hmm. You know, like yep. if I went home and was looking at my back forty, ha ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> and I came across one of those plants, I could identify right. it from having seen the sprig yeah. there. And and I saw people really nice. taking it because it was it was they were identified by herbalist botanists. Yeah. Taking pictures of the plant with the card, identifying yes. it, information about it. Like, oh, I want to see if this is my same. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. I did that. Yeah, I did yeah. that too. And it was interesting because I didn't, you know, for me, even though, you know, I'm on the show and that I'm not the herbalist that you two are. And I'm like, well, what does Fox Club look like? And All right. Like, oh, yeah. oh, well, that's Fox Club. And then, the, and then we were watching this television right. program that somebody that just did this rooftop garden. And I'm looking at it going, holy crap. There's Fox Club in that garden. Why <laughs> would they do that? Why would they do that? Right, right. Yeah, Zoe Pretty had bad. a couple that she had identified. She was really happy to have noticed. I wish I could remember offhand which ones which they were. She saw. But yeah, she had a couple she had identified. That was fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd love to see more of that. Mm-hmm. I definitely would love to do a show after talking to Howie at the fair. We were talking about identifying local herbs and doing herbalism from where you are. The locavore, essentially, version of herbalism. Mm. I think that would be an awesome show. Maybe we could get Tobias, possibly. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But I know Howie. He knows so much. Yes, I mean, it'll be does. fun. He's a fountain of information. Yeah, we're lucky to know people like that yeah encyclopedia and they're eager to share that information Mm -hmm. that's one of the things i like about the oregon country fair is that we do get people from a a wide there are a lot of people that travel to be there i mean it's amazing there are some people from england yeah it's amazing how far people have traveled just to come to this fair well not only that though the other big thing is the oregon the olympic trials were happening that same weekend so we had a lot of visitors from around the country coming so that was a a thing you could do so people that they could do both right Mm -hmm. but people also i know there are people that came into town just you couldn't get a hotel and you didn't save your life right no i can't imagine we had extra rooms we'd have made bank yeah, yeah. <laughs> should have had people camping in the front yard. Right. Yeah, but I know several people that they don't do fair, but they did the Olympic trials, mm-hmm. and they were mm-hmm. super excited about that. Yeah, right. So yeah, that was that was yeah. that was quite the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, forthcoming. The show is brought to you by Practical Herbalist Press, herbal books for today's practical herbalist. Find their books on an Amazon.com today.